Welcome to MeetsPad, a platform to share breakthrough knowledge that is accessible to the entire meat industry. Be ready to hear from meat specialists who will talk about numerous topics in meat science, including animal welfare, meat production, meat quality, and so much more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the MeetsPad podcast. I am Francisco Nahar, and I'm your host today. We had a few questions from the audience regarding the impact of COVID-19 on the meat industry from a beef production perspective. Today, our guest is Dr. Jorge Simbroth. He is a feedlot nutritional and production consultant from Feedlot Health Management Services, who will address some of the questions from the audience. Welcome again, Dr. Simbroth. Please introduce yourself to the audience. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and about your background. Uh, good morning, Francisco. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure to be with you and your audience today here. Uh, yeah, so um, I'm, a, I'm a feedlot nutritional consultant with Feedlot Health Management Services. We are one of the most important consulting firms in, in, in the globe, which pertains to feed production. We are based, our headquarters are based out of Okotoks, Alberta, uh, southwestern Canada. I've been here for a little bit over a year and a half. And today, uh, we serve multiple countries around the world, China, Russia, Kazakhstan, Brazil, United States, Canada, and of course, Mexico. In, in my personal background, for your, for your audience knowledge, I was, I was born and raised in Monterrey, Mexico. Uh, I went to school at the Universidad Autónoma de Nuevo León. I got a, a bachelor's in what we would call uh, animal science, agriculture, uh, for our folks in, in the United States and, and elsewhere. And then I, I went to work for a couple of years in the industry based out of uh, in Nuevo León, in the northeast of Mexico, for a couple of years, then moved to Texas to, to Amarillo and got a master's degree in grooming and nutrition. Went back to Mexico for a couple of years, uh, worked again, and then went back to K-State and got a PhD in pathobiology. Uh, focused mainly on uh, feedlot cattle welfare production and nutrition. Uh, finished that in the summer of 18, 2018, and then I was fortunate enough to get a, an offer from Feedlot Health, and I accepted that position in July of 2018, and I've been here for almost two years now. Thank you for sharing that, Dr. Samaroth. Really appreciate your time and being here and talk to our audience. One of the main reasons we asked you uh, to speak with us today it's because we had a lot of concerns and uh, a lot of questions from our listeners. We know during this pandemic, there have been a lot of issues going on. A few of them just having, I mean, people emptying out a lot of, uh, a lot of the cases in the grocery store. People in the packing plants getting infected and having to shut down our meat packing facilities. The main objective of this podcast is to inform the meat industry, but we focus a lot on the, on the meat side of things. However, it is important to be aware about what's going on in the feedlot too. Um, I think what happened to be producers, I think those things, they're very important as well. And um, one of the reasons we contacted you, you have ongoing conversations with, with big producers and you may have a more realistic point of view about what's going on. Would you please tell us a little bit about some of the challenges that the beef industry is, is facing that may directly or indirectly affect the meat industry? So, yeah, I mean, of course, the, the whole COVID-19 worldwide has has come and, and, and shook us, right? I mean, it was absolutely unexpected, other other than, than probably 
2002 where where the BSC outbreak happened and, and here in Canada and then it just went all across the globe. Uh, I don't think the beef industry has seen anything like it since then. So that's almost 18 years ago, right? The biggest challenges right now from a, from a meat availability perspective, I would say, in my personal opinion, uh, are, are really are really multifactorial. And so, so we look at, so what happens, number one, I, I would say, let's go back to the first week of March, right? So the lockdown came in and, and, and the consumer, uh, people were told by our governments, you know what, uh, you guys better go to the store and, and get enough food on your shelves because we we're, we're not sure what's going to happen. So we, as, as a society, we all ran out to the store. And, and so what do we do, right? We, you go and buy as much food as you can. So, so first week of March, people goes, people goes out of Costco and Walmart, HEB, uh, I don't know, Soriana in Mexico, you name it, and they buy as much as they can. So, in, in less than 24 hours, much, much of the beef, of the beef and the poultry and the pork that's, that's sitting in the, in, the, in the meat case at the store, it's gone. And so now, uh, so for the first time, uh, there's, there's a lack of product in the shelf for people to go buy. So the the packing plant is forced to accelerate their production to get more more meat in the case. Uh, at the same time, with the lockdown, so there's no more restaurants, right? Schools are locked, and so all this product, all these um, marketing streams, where the industry is ready to package in bulk or in bigger and bigger and um, bigger packages, put it that way, has come to stop. And so now they have to figure out a way to put all this meat, all this milk, all this dairy, eggs, etc., into smaller packagings and send them again to the retail uh, sector. So that change is virtually impossible to happen in, in days or even weeks, right? I mean, there is billions of dollars invested in, into machinery and, and packaging lines. So, so that's that's one aspect I would say. So what what happens to distribution channels of of this product. Uh, that's that's the first factor or the first challenge if we if we look retrospectively into into the first two weeks of the COVID-19 pandemic. And now this being said, uh, a few weeks later, uh, we see that the packing plant uh, employees uh, start getting infected with this COVID-19 virus. And so the packing plants are facing uh, shutdowns, right? I mean, at least here in, in Canada and some parts in the U.S., I am not really certain that any of the packing plants and slaughterhouses in Mexico face this uh, due to COVID-19 infections. But we, we saw this in Canada and multiple packing plants in the U.S. So they face either complete shutdowns or, or partial shutdowns. And so their, their slaughtering capacity is diminished in, in some extent, depending on where you look at. And now, so let's say if you're killing 4,500 cattle a day, now you're only killing 25 or 2,000, right? And uh, so it's only half of your killing capacity. And now the feedlot is not able to send all this cattle that have been, uh, that are ready to be slaughtered. So the cattle at the feedlot now have to stay longer and the feedlot has to absorb those costs. Of, of cattle. I mean, they are fed to a specific target endpoint, 
to where they are ready and they, they should be or need to be slaughtered to be cost effective and at least break even. And so so now what happens, I mean, there's there's not enough beef or, or product to stay at the store. The packing plants, I mean, their killing capacity has been has been reduced due to people either not showing up to work or people infected with COVID-19 in the packing plant. And so uh, in order to keep with social distancing measures and having everything safe for the packing plant workers, you kill less cattle, there's less meat going through the, through the distribution channels. That puts, puts a, a, a big, I don't want to say stopping, but it just makes complicated for cattle flow at the, at the feedlot. The feedlot operator has to absorb somehow those costs, right? And now by not being able to send the usual number of cattle to slaughter, your pens are staying full longer than expected. Um, so the feedlot operator has, has agreed to, to fulfill some cattle contracts, uh, either to send to the packing plant or buy from the auction or the backgrounder or the cow calf operation. But they don't have any space at their at their pens. They're full, right? Because I mean, we're 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 uh, backing up cattle. So it's it's I mean it's multifactorial, right? It's not just what happens at the retail level, but everything's getting backed up all the way up to the cow calf operator. Where I mean, there's no way to for feedlot operators to put more cattle in. They stop buying cattle. The backgrounders staying longer with their backgrounding feeder cattle in their in their pastures or their pens. And, and then this key is how long is this going to last? If we expect this to last only a couple more months, I mean, okay, if this is going to push up and go back to fall, usually during the fall months is when the cow calf operators are selling their calves, right? God knows at this point if the feedlot, if the feedlots are going to be able to push all their cattle out of their pens and then all the calves that have been backgrounded and ready to go to the feedlot are going to be able to move into the feedlot on time to not have a really big effect on the whole beef industry. So that 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 being said, it's not only cattle flow, but the cost of that. So when you back up cattle at the feedlot, what you're trying to do is just keep them at a, at a very I'm not going to say low cost, which we're trying to do, of course, but you want to keep them in the in the feedlot without gaining any more weight, right? I mean, once they're hit their their endpoint, their target endpoint or weight, efficiency of production really really goes down enormously. And so we're trying to get this cattle to eat a a really maintenance diet so they don't lose any weight or they don't gain any more weight because you want them to weigh the specific target weight based on your location and your contracts, right? And so who's going to absorb those costs? And, and some parts in Canada and the U.S. there's been some uh, programs by the federal governments uh, called set-aside programs, which pretty much is uh, and it's some sort of a subsidy where the government goes in and gives you X amount of money per head of cattle you have and help to help uh, absorb or cover the cost of feeding of these cattle that are not going to be slaughtered on time. Now, it all depends how much that that uh, that amount of money per head is going to be. And I mean, I don't know if there's going to be a, 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 how much of a negative impact that's going to be, right? Yeah, so you're pretty much 
answer the how you're gonna solve it, how the government is trying to solve or overcome these challenges. But yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty going on in the beef industry. With that being said, all the all the challenges that um, that you listed out. So how does that impact meat prices in the market? Well, I mean, imagine. I mean, who's gonna absorb the cost of all that, right? I mean, I mean, the packing plant is losing millions by the hour by not being able to fulfill all their all their meat demand. Because I mean, at this point, let's let's go back again in time. To, uh, let's say over at least a month ago, here in, in uh, southwestern Canada, we have two really big packing plants that provide almost ninety percent of the beef in in Canada to the country, right? And so. Both of those packing plants were were completely. Well, one of them was completely shut down for a couple of weeks, and the other one, uh, killing capacity was uh, reduced to like twenty five percent of the normal killing capacity. And so, how does that going to affect meat prices? In my personal opinion, I, of course, they're gonna they're gonna increase. How much? I'm really not sure how much. The thing is, with this federal federal uh, government programs helping the, the producer, at least that's that's gonna help them with their cost of, of, of setting aside this cattle, right? And having them in their pens longer time than expected. To the consumer on the front end, I am not really certain of how any of those measures will help them other than the, the producer not increasing very much their cattle prices, which at the same time they cannot do, right? You cannot ask for more than what the market is saying. As you mentioned, some of the meatpacking plants were shut down due to employees getting infected. On start of all, we saw beef producers holding off on the cattle. I mean, we saw that across across the board. Has this affected cattle prices? So let, let's go back uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, when all this really hit home, right? So full lockdown on society, people were hoarding meat products from the cage. Uh, packing plants being shut down, and then the backlog of cattle not being able to send to slaughter. I mean, the, the the market crashed. So for 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 maybe the first week, the first week of the pandemic in March, uh, producers and packers were really happy because people were were buying meat by 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 the ton, right? And then so two things. So number one, what happens when people are have already filled their freezers? They don't have any more space to buy more meat. So sales sales drop, and number two on top of that, so packing packers facing COVID nineteen infections inside their plants uh, forces them to either shut down or or cut their killing capacity. So cattle prices drop tremendously. If you look at a break even point, at least I mean here in Canada, uh, will be anywhere from around one dollar forty to dollar fifty for for cattle, right? Couple month, uh, a couple of weeks ago, sorry, they were they were paying around dollar eight, and so imagine what's 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 the loss per head of cattle. I mean, you're losing hundreds of dollars per head of cattle killed. Because I mean, your break even is a dollar fifty, and you're getting paid a dollar eight, a dollar five, a dollar ten, right? I mean, you're losing anywhere from thirty to forty cents a pound. Yeah, that's a lot of money. And so that that is huge. So the, the the prices of cattle have been impacted tremendously. And I mean, how big the impact is going to be is going to depend on how long all this situation lasts. 
Thank you very much for being here. Appreciate again giving us the time and the opportunity to just speak. Thank you. Thank you a lot. Oh, it's, it's been my pleasure, Francisco. Thank you very much for the invitation. I, I really enjoyed it, and uh, I hope I hope our conversation has shed some light into questions our fellow producers and and consumers might have from the industry. All right, folks. Thank you for listening. With this, we end this bonus episode part one. Be ready to hear from one more specialist to talk about corn production during the COVID-19 pandemic and how this affects the meat industry. Thank you. Until the next time.